it's another thing to actually look at your weakness and say, this is what I need to work on, because that's not the fun stuff to work on. It's fun to work on what you're good at. It's not fun to sit there and, you know, struggle with stuff, but that's where, that's where all the growth is. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you're listening to the Verity Podcast. It's Friday morning before uh, the Thanksgiving break. I get to go back to Michigan. I'm actually really looking forward oh, to that. Yeah. That's that's in two days. Yeah, that's going to be cool. good. And we get to be there for a whole week, uh, which is going to be super fun. Uh, Coach Monroe is with me, as always. Uh, Monroe, what's going on, man? Just uh, also getting ready for Thanksgiving. i got to bake a turkey. Got to get that all squared away later today. So, how do you bake your turkey? So, I, I guess do you bake? Do you deep fry? What, what have you done? Uh, what do you do? So, I would love to try a deep fry, but um, no, I don't have the tools or the uh, space for that yet. But um, no, I bake. This would be my fourth year baking a turkey, and I've done it differently every year. Um, so the I followed basically the Tasty videos. Shout out Tasty, they're great. Um, but yeah, followed their Thanksgiving turkey recipe. Um, and then they made a new one last year, so I tried that version. But I'm gonna go back to the uh, the original one. I liked it the best. So okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, dude, before we get into the the episode today, what we're gonna talk about? Can we recap the Mac from last weekend? Yeah. What course. happened? What was your experience sure. like? Yeah. No, I'd love to talk about the Mac. Before we get started talking about that, um, we did launch a new uh, retail store online. If you you know want to see what inventory we have. Um, this is really bad because I need to go find the link. Um, but yeah, we're selling everything on there that we sell in um, in our lobby. So we have Grow. Um, we just carry uh, got in Lift, which is their creatine monohydrate. Um, and we're looking for other products to bring on. Um, so if there's stuff that you guys would like to see in the store, let us know in the comments. Um, if you go to our website, www.verity.training, then there is a link to our store right there at the top tab. So you can go ahead and uh, get all your shopping done there. We will ship it to your house. If you're not local, you can buy our Verity Tees. Um, and uh, yeah. The Verity Tees are very nice. I, I have probably about 10 of them at this point. And yeah. I'm looking at the ones on the wall. The red one in particular, that red Heather, uh-huh. That's a good. That's a good looking T-shirt. Yeah, there. I like that one a lot. Um, my wife does a good job with those. So. Yeah, yeah, she definitely does. All right, dude, talk yeah, to us. Mac. Talk to us about the Mac. What happened? Um, so quite, quite an experience. Um, very, very well run competition. Good. One of the best events that I've seen. Um, super professional. It was a rogue sponsored event. It was a CrossFit sponsored event. So. Um, wow. So that, yeah. So okay. they, they literally took the, uh, like all of the equipment from the rogue invitational the week before loaded it up onto two 18 wheelers and drove it to Virginia for, or Maryland. Um, but yeah, it was just really run really well. It was programmed very well. It was two days of competition, but it wasn't an overwhelming amount of volume. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like too much work to where you got super beat up after each workout. Um, but there was definitely a lot of more mental beating up (laughs) than anything. Um, but yeah, super proud of our team. We did, we did pretty well. Um, we had a rough start on day one and we kind of fought back day two, which was, uh, was awesome to see. Um, Charlie snatched 265 big weights. So it's kind of cool. That boy, uh, that boy is strong, Charlie man. He's a freak. 
Um, but yeah, it was just really good. You know, we had, I think every, like every member of the team kind of had a little slip up or a mistake um, that they kind of had to own and improve like in that, in that competition, which was really cool to see. So um, super proud of how we did, but yeah, looking forward to the next thing. Um, looking forward to, we're going to probably take a bigger focus on, you know, team competition and um, all of that going into the open and, you know, the next year with the affiliate cup. Yeah, dude. It, gosh, the open is not that far away. 98 days. Wow. That's a, I don't know if it's a scary thought, you know, I'm just going to do the open and have fun this year. I'm not too worried about that. Um, so what, what's next for the team? Um, so the, well, so it's, this is something that, you know, we kind of talked about as a team and my, my ultimate goal, I guess, in team competition is to get a team is for Verity to support a team to be able to compete at the semifinals and have a shot to make it to the games. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing. But I also have kind of, you know, after talking to different people this weekend, I recognize that it's a bigger thing than like me or the select few people, um, you know, that are here now. So it's more, you know, the whole, the gym, you know, the gym is a team, not, you know, me and Charlie or me and Kenta or whoever like, you know, is signed up for whatever specific event. Right. Um, and so I th I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to really encourage people who want to take CrossFit in a team setting more seriously, give them the avenue to do that um, and be able to throw around this worm more often than, you know, once every, you know, six months or so. Um, so that was a big takeaway from the competition was, you know, some of these teams just have so many more reps on that worm that it makes it not even close. Yeah. So, um, super excited about that. Um, we're going to have, if you are one of the more, um, competitive athletes at this gym and you have aspirations of doing, um, CrossFit in a competitive setting, um, I will be reaching out to you shortly and we have an avenue for that coming. So super excited for that. Yeah, man, that's going to be awesome. And, uh, without further ado, we'll get into, you know, kind of our meat and potatoes of the episode here today where we get to do a little bit of a Q&A mm -hmm. uh, from some of the members here at the gym. We're going to answer questions uh, to the best of our ability, probably dive down some rabbit holes uh, while we're going to be answering those questions. Uh, Monroe, where, where do we get to go first, man? So we asked, uh, we asked on Facebook, let's just start from the top. So we had a question from Jem, um, one of our members. She's um, looking for advice on ring dips and pegboard and how to start and what to look for to practice them um you go first yeah i would have to ask some questions right yep. so like where is her where's her benchmark for both you know upper body pushing strength and upper body pulling strength as far as that goes um let's let's start with the ring dip because i'm probably more accustomed to that than the pegboard uh the ring dip you know does she have uh, does she have a strict dip? If she doesn't have that, uh, you know, can she do something on a manador? Um, just kind of where to go from there. So it would be good to get a good baseline for that. And then, I mean, I don't know. I would I would do some sort of uh, a skill-related session or maybe a couple times a week, maybe even once a week. Mm -hmm. uh, it's where you're going to be working on that skill. And if you practice that skill over time, you're going to be able to do that thing, right? For sure. Um, do, you, do you know that more deeply? Is she looking for like... A strict, a strict, uh, strict ring dip. Does she want to be able to do them in a workout? Um, so it doesn't really say. I mean, I think, Kay. I think when most people ask, um, 
about movements or they want to acquire a certain movement, it's because they saw it in a workout and got stopped by it. Yeah. Or saw it in a workout and had to modify it to a different movement. Okay, so let's 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 take it this way, right? Working on skills in particular. And both those things are skills, right? The double under is a skill. The pull uh, up, um sorry, go ahead. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'd agree. I think, uh, like, I like where you went in the beginning because mm-hmm. I think there is, especially when we're talking about ring dip, I think there's a lot of requisite strength building. Right. And I like that you mentioned the matador um, because I think that's something that we don't pull out too often, especially when you see ring dip. People are like, oh, I got to do it on the rings. Um, but I think that's a great, you know, before going on to an unstable environment, you know, making sure that you can build the strength on a stable apparatus first. So, I mean, how how often do you do matador dips versus ring dips? Almost never now, <laughs> you know, but I mean, if you go back to like, you know, my traditional bodybuilding days, that's all I did. Right. You know, we, we didn't call it a matador, but it was, I don't know, the, the dip machine, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to call it. Dip bars. And uh, that, that really laid a good foundation to be able to do that. Anyway, so... I agree with you on the requisite strength. That's that's true of anything, right? Pull-ups, dips, anything like that. But if you're looking, if, let's say you have the requisite strength and you're looking to like get better at that skill within a workout. We talked about this in depth a lot. And even something, you know, is maybe even a little bit more simple, like the double under. Maybe that's not more simple, but, you know, it's less weight to move around in that case is when that comes up in a workout, setting yourself up uh in a way to where you can practice that movement in a workout right um sure. we were doing annie today okay there's how many how many doubles 150 double unders within that workout okay if you're brand new to double unders it's not a good idea to try to throw in 150 double unders within that workout right, right. there's a certain time parameter that we're looking for within that workout if you don't know what it's supposed to be go ask your coach they're going to have a good idea for that right annie should be somewhere between like man like for me probably like eight to 12 minutes you could probably go over 12 a little bit but if you're getting like 15 minutes like you're missing the point that's too long that's not what we're trying to do with an annie right so on the jump rope in particular i would say you're you're trying to spend anywhere between 30 seconds to maybe 60 seconds on the jump rope within a given set maybe maybe slightly longer but not much okay so then it's like well how many double unders can you do within that time Okay. If that's only 20, well then just, you know, do, you could do five sets of 20. You could do, I don't know, 30, 20, 10, five, uh, 25, right. You could anything like that, but, but lowering the reps is an amazing, uh, is a really smart idea to be able to allow yourself to practice whatever the skill is within a workout. I think the issue that we see a lot of times with members, or at least that I did in my coaching days is people felt like, you know, they either need to hit the RX button or they somehow they just feel like it's better if they just do all the reps. That's not true, right? We want to hit the certain stimulus. And if your body is not capable of doing 150 uh, repetitions of double unders within 15 minutes, like that's okay. That's just where you're at. And if you practice in a capacity where you're getting 10 in a row, 15 in a row, instead of stumbling like every two or three, dude, that's going to be so much better for you in the long run. Right. And I mean, Morgan just finished that workout and literally what she said was like, man, I shouldn't have did all the reps. She was like, I should have did what I was going to originally, which was 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Um, and so, you know, you live and you learn. But, you know, next yeah. time, I think, you know, I think that's great advice. I, I, I do think there's this. So skills are developed through practice, right? And strength is developed through training. 
And I think people confuse when to do what, and they don't understand what they're focusing on when they're trying to do that specific thing. So if you don't have the strength to be able to practice the skill effectively, then you need to spend your time training the skill or training the strength before practicing the skill. Um, so like it's, it's really not appropriate to say, oh yeah, let's work on your pegboard climb if you can't do like five, a pull up, right? Pull ups. Yeah. Cause it's going to take five really awkward, hard, like f super deep full range of motion pull ups to do a pegboard climb. Mm -hmm. And what we don't want to do is have you climb two pegs up and then not have the strength to continue up or to go back down. And then you fall off the board and then it's dangerous. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the ring dip, I like, um, I like that, you know, we're working it in, on it in a stable environment first. Um, and I think that a lot of times we put a band on things to help take some of the load off of the movement, right? That's another way we can scale something is instead of dropping down the volume of reps, we drop the load. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people do not do enough eccentric training and really what, just, it, what does eccentric mean for those uh, members who maybe don't know what that means? Yeah. So, um, eccentric is like the down portion or the negative portion of the movement. The concentric would be, um, the closing port, like the, uh, the up portion, right? So the eccentric portion of the squat is the sway down, you know, standing up is the concentric portion. And we are, I think as athletes and as people obsessed with the concentric portion, because that's what you think the movement is. Right. If you see somebody take 400 pounds on a back squat and sit down with it and they don't stand up, they didn't squat the weight. Mm -hmm. right? So you think like success is standing up, um, but you can build so much more strength in the eccentric if you take your time and you slow those reps down. You know, so instead of especially for a ring dip, instead of rushing over and grabbing a band and throwing it in between the rings, working an unstable surface. You know, maybe first get on the matador and go down as slowly as you can and don't push back up and then go back to the top and do f like five seconds down. You know, that'll build a lot of strength and it'll eventually allow you to push back up. So I like it, man. So a couple different areas to go here, guys. Um, let's assume you don't have the requisite strength to be able to do a ring dip right now. I would say we're doing several on the matador at that point can definitely control it on the eccentric portion of that, right? Something that you could do during the week, tw two times after your classes, you're going to do three sets of six to 10 reps of, uh, of the eccentric movement, right? You're going to jump up to the top of the rings. You're going to lower yourself down as slowly and as controlled as possible. Yep. And that's it. That's going to help you build that stuff, right? Say that you do have the requisite strength to be able to do the ring dip in that, in that capacity and you want to be able to do more within a workout, but you're, you're kind of working on the volume aspect of that. Say that we do the workout, I don't know, JT is what comes to mind. It's probably not the best example, right? But 2159, uh, where it's going to have 2159 of ring dips in there. Instead of doing 21, then 15, then 9, you could do, nine, gosh, 963, nine, right? Lower the repetitions and be okay with scaling that. It's not a weakness, and that's going to allow you to get a lot better a lot faster, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, I was talking to somebody about that this morning. You know, we were, we were squatting, and he kind of, looked at me like, why are you doing 135? <laughs> you know, why are you <laughs> Aren't doing you stronger than that? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, sure. Am I stronger than that? Sure. But like, if I want to like strength is not just 
you know, putting in more volume on the specific movement. It's, it's a lot of these compound movements, these bigger movements, things that we do here are very nuanced in, you know, where the flaws are and where the errors are and where the mobility restrictions are. And I, at least personally, I found that your body will get the job done which is a good thing, but it's also a really bad thing in the long run, right? So, you know, this is uh, going back to the ring dip, why I think it's an awesome idea to start on the matador um, because you need to be able to, you know, have a good pattern before, you know, really complicating the movement or making it unstable or, you know, trying to do a huge volume of them. You know, you need to be able to really be perfect with the movement before we really try to build a lot of strength in it. So, yeah, I like it, man. Uh, anything to add on the pegboard or, uh, we can, we can circle that around um, and then uh, we can move on to the next question, man. I mean, there's definitely like, there's definitely technique to the pegboard. You know, I've seen a lot of people that are very strong and can do a lot of pull-ups and a lot of dips, but can't climb the pegboard. Mm -hmm. So if you are in that situation where, you know, you have, I would say like five, plus strict pull-ups and five plus strict dips. Well, you, you probably probably have the requisite strength. Um, and if you can't climb it, then that's something where I'd say, hey, maybe let's do some private training. Mm -hmm. um, because those kind of skills are, if you're strong enough to do it, it's more the nuance of how to make it easier for your body to complete that movement. So. Fair enough, man. What's next? Um, let's take Ronald's question. If we have a vote for Verity favorite, who would win? What are we judging? <laughs> <laughs> favorite, favorite one. My default answer is going to be Sydney Price. That's what uh, I'm going like to go with answer. there. I like that answer. If you had a, um, all right, let's see. Let's just name one person that like their work ethic, their attitude, their just everything about them. There's not one person that you can think of off the top of your head in the gym where you're like, you know what? That person deserves a shout out on the podcast. Man, I'll go with I'll go with my guy Gus in oh. that matter because like I don't work out with Gus like at all because we just don't run in the same time. But every time I see the guy, big smile on his face. How's it going? I mean, just happy go lucky yeah. all the time. Uh, so I'll give a shout out to Gus yeah. in that regard. That's awesome. Yeah. And Ron, Ronald also very similar in that <laughs> regard. Very very similar. Yeah, Rod's a, Ron's a good guy, but I'm not gonna give Ron the vote for Verity favor just because he's literally fishing for it here. Um, no, Gus is cool. He, uh, Gus actually has a really cool story of how he kind of came here. Uh huh. Um, we should have him on the podcast. Yeah, we should. Gus, but, come uh, on the podcast next episode, podcast, bro. Gus. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. He, uh, we, you know, we had just kind of opened here. This place was not, looked nothing like this. Um, and he came in the back and like, he works up at like Miller construction, like Kay. a couple doors up and walked by, you know, saw we were open a gym, whatever. And he came in, he came up to me and he was like, Hey, like, what's your name? I was like Monroe. And he was like, this is going to sound really weird, but I think something's telling me that I need to join this gym. And I was like, <laughs> how many let's do it. Dude. How many times <laughs> you ever heard that right? in your life? Right? That's, exactly. that's wild, dude. Um, but yeah, he was like, I think something's telling me to join this gym. And I was like, well, you know, I got to talking to him about it. Um, you know, he had origins and everything. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? You, you felt like something was telling you to join the gym. And he got, so my last name is Miller. Mm -hmm. And so there was a piece of mail that was delivered for our gym to Miller Construction Paneling. 
Oh. And so it arrived on his desk, and he brought it over and was like, wanted to make a change in his life, I guess, at that time. And yeah. So it was just kind of like all the dots kind of connected, but super cool. Gus is awesome. He was actually our longest traveling member, too. He lived in West Virginia and was traveling like an hour and a half to come here. Holy smokes. No excuses on commuting, guys. All right. Um, that's awesome, man. Do you, do, you get, do you have to answer this question? Or are we going to go on to the next question? Uh, yeah, I'll give my shout out. My shout out for uh, Verity Favorites. I've seen a lot of people really working hard. Um, but I'm going to say Trisha. Dude. Just because Trisha is like. She is like, she is the person that you want. Like, super positive, works on her issues, continues to get better, and just like, always a ray of sunshine, always like positive, always happy to be here. So she's awesome. Um, yeah, and she yeah. just goes out of her way to pretty much help anybody. When we were planning our wedding, she was kind enough. She lent us a bunch of stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, decorations and all that stuff gave great advice. I mean, she was just super, super helpful. Yeah. I love that one. That's yeah. fantastic, dude. Okay. Um, Aaron Kunk. Aaron asks, building muscle versus strength, where is the overlap and how are they different? Why don't you take this one? Okay. Read that to me one more time. Building muscle versus building strength. Where is their overlap and how are they different? It's a great question. It's a loaded question. Man. All right. Building how how are they the same? So strength and size aren't totally correlated, but they are, right? R right. So this is what I would say, right? Typically somebody who's going to somebody who can bench press 300 pounds is typically going to have a bigger chest than somebody who can bench 225. I'm going to say that like in general, okay. I'm not going to say that's going to be all the time. Okay. Right. So I think it's correlated kind of in that way. But like when we try to get into like elements of like hypertrophy versus just like pure strength, it, it really is different. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on that. I understand like some of the concepts with that and like for hypertrophy related stuff, it really kind of comes down to like some time under tension stuff where you really want to be underneath the barbell, the dumbbell, whatever it's going to be for like 60 to 90 seconds, as opposed to just doing like one rep max on the bench. Right. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to give it off. Like I know exactly what I'm talking about in that capacity. Um, but if we're talking about, you know, building muscle versus strength in like CrossFit related to, you know, hypertrophy related training, it's, it's way different. Um, and they can, you can kind of do both. Right. Uh, but if you're looking to be, I don't know, look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or, you know, Jeff side, somebody like that for guys, I don't know if CrossFit's going to get you there and genetics play a huge part into that too. Um, and, and that correct. Yeah, absolutely. When I'm talking about those two previous guys, what do you think, man? Um, so I think that genetics definitely plays a role in your propensity to be able to build muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people talk about like endomorph, ectomorph, all that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that that, you know, plays into it. And, you know, when I did the PN course, one thing that they really harp on with genetics is that you cannot change your genes, but you can change the way your genes are expressed. So if your whole family is skinny as a beanpole, your ability to build giant biceps is not going to be as as easy it's like it's like me <laughs> yeah so i mean you know look at like look at your parents look at look at your your aunts and uncles look at your relatives and, right you know there's a reason that 
the Vikings are like known as beefy, strong people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that genetics definitely plays into it, but exactly what you said, you know, you can change the way your genes are expressed. Um, and when we're talking about building muscle from a like size perspective and the way it looks, um, you know, you're going to want to be doing more hypertrophy training, like what he was saying, um, which we're talking lighter loads. We're talking eight to 12 reps range. Um, yeah, we're talking about like kind of more feeling the pump of it rather mm-hmm. than um, trying to exert force or produce force, right? Yeah, so yeah. strength, you know, strength is a much more again, nuanced topic. Um, so I, I had a question that came, you know, via text, not on here. Um, but she was ta- asking like about the snatch, you know, and she was like, Hey, I need to do more pulls because I want to get stronger in the snatch. And it's like, uh, well, it doesn't really work like that. She wanted to do like snatch pulls. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and you know, when people, when, when we talk about strength, you know, my, a lot of this is like a coaching conversation, like, okay, well, stronger, how do you want to be stronger in the squat? Do you want to be stronger in the deadlift? Do you want to be stronger in the snatch clean and jerk? Do you want to be stronger in a Metcon? So you, so those heavier barbells don't feel as heavy. Um, cause I think those are three different ways of expressing strength. Yeah. So powerlifting is like the sport of force production. Right, so you're trying to produce as much force as you can onto an object, right? In the squat or the deadlift, you're trying to push as much force through the ground to pull the bar off the ground as you can. Olympic lifting is a little bit different um, in that Olympic lifting is the sport of the, it's, it's, it's about the rate of force production, not about maximal force production. So it doesn't matter how hard you can pull the bar up the floor if you can't accelerate it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of the strongest people struggle with Olympic lifting because they don't know how to produce force over time. And instead they can just push hard, you know, but they don't know how to build that and um, increase that force production over time. So that's, you know, just doing more deadlifts or just doing more squats sure may get your raw strength and your raw ability to move a weight um, better but it's not necessarily going to carry over to you snatching or cleaning more. We look at um, Toshiki, Toshiki Senpai. He's like awesome Japanese dude. He has one of the biggest squats in like of anybody out there. This dude front squats like 600, 700 pounds. That's ridiculous, ridiculous, man. But he's not the best Oli lifter. Like he's not, I mean, he's, he's one of the best, but he's not beating everybody. Right. So... I think it's a little bit different. And again, it goes back to a coaching conversation. Like, you know, and if you have these goals that are more, you know, I I would want to know what's, what's the goal in building muscle versus building strength. Are you trying to look a certain way or are you trying to do a certain thing? Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of, that's kind of what you said. Like, you know, if you're trying to look a certain way, maybe CrossFit isn't, isn't quite for you. Yeah, man. I mean, I still, I do some, I've been doing some bodybuilding like lately, you know, and I've really enjoyed that. I've done less CrossFit because of that. I, I will also say that nutrition plays a massive component mm. um, into, into building some muscle as well. So what, what would you change if you were, if you were trying to build a lot of muscle, what would you change about your diet? 
Well, it depends. It kind of depends exactly what you're trying to do. If we're trying to just purely like grow size, I mean, the first thing that I would still do is like we want to get good quality foods within there. Right. Um, that's going to serve you much better than. I mean, you could put on a bunch of mass by just eating a bunch of carbohydrates. You'll you'll do it. You'll increase your weight. Um, but if you're looking to put on like lean, good related mass, uh, you're gonna the quality of the food needs to be really really good, right? We talk about that. Harp on that quite a bit. For sure. Uh, the better that is. Uh, inflammation is going to go down. Uh, you're going to hold on to less water. There's going to be a lot of good stuff that happens in regards to that. For sure. Right? If you're looking to like decrease body fat percentage, like let's use me for example, right? If I'm sitting at like 200 pounds, my muscle separation that you're going to be able to see is is not going to be nearly as good as it would be at like 190 or gosh, even 180, right? If I wanted to like see a lot of abdominals, for example, if I'm at 180, like I'm going to look pretty shredded at that point, right? So if you're looking at that, then it's like, all right, we got to manipulate a little bit of, uh, you know, our intake, what we're taking in, and you're going to do that by just, you know, adjusting basically carbohydrate levels and everything like that. Right. But it just it just kind of depends on what you're trying to do. If you're looking to, I don't know, let's just say take in the, the, the amount of calories that you need kind of day in, day out, which is basically what I'm doing currently, but you still want to maybe add some size on there, quality food, make sure you're eating enough. Uh, that, that's where I would start. Yeah, like I, I, I don't think it really gets too much more complicated than that. No, to be I honest. agree. I think I think we're you know, and I love that you said nutrition because I see this a lot, especially, um, especially with women where they want to get stronger but don't want to eat to become a bigger person. And right. Like at the end of the day, if you want to be a be a bigger, stronger person, lifting bigger, heavier weights, like you got to eat more food than you're eating now. Right. And you may have to gain a little bit of body fat in order to give your body the leeway to, you know, have the available nutrients to build that muscle and to do something with all of the work you're putting in. Right. And, and also like the quantity of food that you can consume, we're talking about really good whole related foods is a lot. It's going to be a lot. Cause like <laughs> the, well, the, the calorie, the calorie count when you start eating foods like that and the density of that food it is so much easier to, you know, consume, I don't know, 2,000, 2,000 calories of, you know, bread, pasta, protein powder, whatever that's going to be versus, you know, lean meats, fish, veggies, all that. It just doesn't add up nearly as much. So you might feel like, I don't know, you're over, you're over consuming or whatever it is. But the, the reality behind it is you're, you're giving your body like really, really great fuel to be yep. able to use. And when you want to also produce like lean mass, right. And we talk about building muscle that like looks really good, uh, protein is the stuff that you're going to want to eat with that. And if For you sure. can get that from organic related sources, like if you, like I supplement with protein too, right? Mm -hmm. But if you cannot do that and uh, basically get that from, again, lean meats, fish, vegetables, I don't know, Brussels sprouts, edamame, like whatever that's going to be on the vegetable side. I'm not uh, too uh, in depth as to what that is. That's going to serve you a lot better though in the yeah. long run. Um, no, I definitely agree. And you know, prioritizing protein is really important. That's something that I've struggled with. And, you know, even on, like, exactly what you said, like, I I got to a point where I feel like I was too lean a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because, like, I really improved the quality of the food I was eating. And that was more, you know, Morgan was, you know, wanting to lose weight. And so we you know, started to kind of clean up the choices that we were making about what types of food we were having for dinner and that kind of stuff. 
And, you know, both of us obviously lost weight, but it got for me where I was point was, I was like too much, I, right? Yeah, like, yeah too much the volume that I was doing, you know, and that's like people, I also see people don't adjust their diet when they start to add more volume in. And then, you know, you get to a point where they're like, oh, well, I'm not gaining strength. So let me add a strength program on top. And then they don't add, additionally add more food to the system. And then they end up hurt. And then they're like, oh, my shoulder's bugging me because I'm doing this strength program to try and get stronger. But now I'm hurt. And it's just like, and then they can't do anything. And then they gain weight because their activity dropped because they got hurt. So it's like, you know. Well, we say this a lot, right? Nutrition is, is the foundation. For sure. It is. And it, and it is even more so like outside of the realm of I'm trying to build muscle, do on that stuff. Like for the for longevity of health, what you're putting into your body is going is going to help you. Right. Yep. And uh, it's a it's a massively important part of that. And it's really hard kind of in America. Sugar tastes extremely good. Right. Yep. Um, and, and having the ability to kind of say no to that stuff or even like where sugar hides. Right. Um, Sydney's been trying to do a lot, you know, <laughs> she's been trying to reduce the amount of sugar that she's been intaking lately. And, you know, there's stuff, aspartame, uh, I'm trying to think of the, like other ways that sugar hides where it's not counted as a calorie, but the glycemic effects and the effect that it has on insulin is the exact same. Yep. I don't know how in the world companies kind of get away with that or how the FDA like regulates that, but it's bullshit. Yep. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, just cause it says, you know, zero calories, zero sugar, you got to look at the label typically. Right. And I'm, I'm going really deep into the weeds no, here. I'll finish my thought, you know, but if you see something and it has, I don't know, probably more than like five ingredients in it, probably not the best choice. <laughs> right. And like, I don't want to say that was like an absolute or something, you know, but, um, it like, there's a lot of stuff that hides kind of in regards For to that, sure. but nutrition is just, it's a massive component to whatever you're trying to accomplish within, uh, within the fitness realm. And in America, it's hard cause I love good food. I like sugar. Ice cream's great. But, uh, you know, for the longevity of my health, my joints, you know, I'm 30 now. I'm not, I'm not a young buck anymore. Like, uh, I want to be able to play with, you know, my grandkids, mm-hmm. kids, all that stuff. Like, really, like, I want to be able to, I don't know, get up and down from couch to toilet when I'm 90 years old and not have any help. And yep. uh, if, I, if I'm if i fueling myself better now, it's going to serve me better in years to come, right? For sure. And bad food or less desirable choices for food are way easier to come by than good choices for food yeah and there's a lot of um you know we say this a lot of a lot of people don't lack motivation they lack discipline right a lot of it just you know it sucks to take an hour to think about you know trying to prep some chicken or trying to have something pulled out for dinner you know and we you know that's become a habit for us you know first thing in the morning go in the freezer and pull out you know thing of chicken thing of ground beef thing of steak whatever it is yeah and then, you know, now that we have it thawed out on the counter, it's like, well, I'm not going to go buy something and just let this. Your, po- your pocketbook will it. thank you in the long term, too. Yeah, right. For sure. Um, um, let's uh, let's pause there real quick. I got to switch some batteries around and then we'll get into the next question. Cool. Cool. All right, you guys. So last question here and then we're going to round it out. Um, Monroe, what what would you if you could go back in time and talk to Monroe of 10 years ago? And if I could talk to, you know, Brandon of December 2016. What, what would you, what advice would you give yourself back then to, uh, to increase, I don't know, your performance in CrossFit or accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish as fast as possible? Um, I would say don't avoid your weaknesses and don't, um, don't put band-aids on things. Like I, I just, I think a lot, I, 
wanted to be able to do something and didn't do it in the right way. And then years later, I had to kind of correct that. Um, like the handstand push-up, just pressing in general. You know, I just, I shied away from doing things I didn't want to do. Like today, we did Annie and I did push-ups instead. You know, and that's something that when I started, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I could do Annie pretty fast, if it came up, when I first started CrossFit, I would just try and hit a PR on Annie instead of you know, really kind of focusing on improving what I needed to improve on. A lot of people want a shortcut into, you know, being able to do the movement. Um, and some of like going back to the building strength stuff, like that just takes time, you know, and I was blessed to pick up the Oli lifts and, you know, have pretty strong legs um, early on, but my upper body really lagged and I really just avoided it. There was a time where, you know, I, my split jerk to press ratio was like just ridiculous <laughs> where I could jerk 350, but I couldn't press 150. And yeah, that's, like, that's nuts. Like, that's not a good place to be right? because you don't have the requisite strength in your shoulder where if something were to go wrong and I jerk 350 and it's and it's just a little bit out front like you know my shoulders don't have the the beefiness to be able to handle that you know mm -hmm. and, and my snatch going back to the snatch um you know I can pull it off the ground all day but I was terrified of catching it and I had this this fear this mental block where anything over 250 if I went over my head my shoulders were just going to break and I'm not going to be able to hold on to it hmm. Um, and you know, it really wasn't until I did that push up challenge in May where I did plus 10 push ups every day in May. And that, like, after that, like everything got better. My yeah. ball balls got better. My only lifts got better. My squat got better. Cause I understood the way that these joints like are parallel to these joints. Um, and it just opened my eyes to like, Oh man, if I actually truly do work on what I'm bad at, I, I get better at it. Um, and I see a lot of people, even when they are working on what they're bad at, the mentality of the way that they're working on it is very poor to where they're not going to see progress from working on it. You know, every time I had strict handstand push-ups come up in a workout, instant like negative switch goes on, and I'm like, oh, I'm just bad at, I'm just bad at this, you know, whatever. I'm the this is just my weakness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, w I would, I would, you know, don't, don't avoid weaknesses. You know, we talk about killing weaknesses and you know, that's, that's the point of it, but it's, it's easy to say punishing the specialist, you know, like all that stuff, but it's another thing to actually look at your weakness and say, this is what I need to work on. Cause that's not the fun stuff to work on. It's fun to work on what you're good at. It's not fun to sit there and, you know, struggle with stuff, but that's where, that's where all the growth is. So yeah, that's where your greatest opportunity to get better is, man. For me, what about you? Yeah, I, this is probably synonymous with just my life in general, man, but it's just having the humility to ask for help. Mm. And, um, man, I, 
my wife's going to make fun of me when I go home. <laughs> I think I have the answer to everything. Dude, you're a right? man. Of course. And, uh, and, I, and I don't, right? And so I guess my encouragement to others that are in the gym who you say you're trying out know, with, with Jim and you're working on a ring dip is go find somebody who is sick at ring dips. Monroe is probably a good example. It's Charlie and uh, Kenta. Kenta, right, whoever it is. Hey, can you walk me through the ring dip? How can I get better here, right? And pick their brain with that stuff, because they're they're re- if they're really good at it, they got they got there somehow, right? They know the foundation to it, right? They know the progressions to it. They're going to be able to get you better with that, right? Um, since coming to you know Verity Speed and Strength, right? My well, no, I have PR'd my list, which is great. Um, but the way that I move, you know, particularly in the snatch, has been so much better than how I used to move when I first came here. Right. Um, but especially earlier on, and I still struggle with this with some, to some extent is, you know, I just kind of want to work on it on my own or I'm embarrassed to go ask for help. Um, I've kind of felt that way in a lot of capacities. Right. Or I just want to get better on my own. I don't I don't know why I feel that way. Uh, but your ability to get better when you're talking to an expert or somebody who's really good at something is going to get you somewhere else so much faster than it ever will if you just try to attack that and go by yourself, right? And you watching, like we've all fallen in this too, right? You watching a YouTube video does not make you an expert in doing something, right? right? Going and working with a coach, somebody one-on-one is going to put you in a much better capacity to get better much faster. For sure. No, I mean, and that again is it takes some humility it takes some you know it takes a slice of humble pie to you to to say hey i'm not this is what i struggle with you know and that's that's one of the best things about being in a place like this is that you know it's such an open type of environment where you can say hey this is what i struggle with can you help me mm-hmm. you know and that's what we're here for yeah yeah 100 percent, man that's cool that's uh what do you think closing thoughts any other questions you want to answer uh, no, but if you do have other questions, please, um, shoot us, shoot us a DM, leave us a comment. You know, we'd love to answer more questions like this. You know, if you guys have anything that's, you know, noodling around in your brain or you've wanted to ask a coach, um, you know, let us know, leave it in the comments below. Yeah. A lot of our episodes have come from, we'll get feedback on the podcast and I'll ask somebody, great. Like, what do you want us to talk about? Right. This is for you guys. This isn't just so Monroe and I can you know, come here and so that we can, you know, see ourselves on YouTube and be like, oh, look at how cool we are. This is for you. This is our ability to go outside of that 30 minute, 60 minute time slot in class and get deep into the weeds and stuff that we don't have time to talk about when we're trying to coach. Right. So if you got something that's pressing on your heart, share it. It's not a silly question. It's not stupid. Right. We want to be able to, um, to answer any of the questions that we have. Some will take five minutes and some we might need an entire episode or two to be able to answer. Totally fine. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Closing thoughts. What you got? Um, so my closing thoughts for today, um, this is something that my wife and I have been working on a lot, um, is recognizing when you're making I am statements, because they are one of the most powerful things that you can, that, that you can say. Um, I hear a lot of, I am this way. I can't do this. I, you know, whenever you're speaking those words over yourself, that is so confirming to your soul about what the truth is. So if you struggle with, I don't know, handstand push-ups, any conversation that comes up where you're like, yeah, I'm just not good at, like you need to stop yourself because you, 
are saying, I am not good at this. I am this way. And you are literally saying the type of person that you are. And in order to be able to do those things and to be good at something, you have to believe within yourself that you are the type of person that does that. I am the type of person that does bring muscle ups. And until you can say that with like within yourself, and sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. But um, until you can believe that, then then you'll be able to do your ring muscle up. Yeah, you truly understand. But I just you know I've been working a lot with personal finance and stuff like that. You know we don't say the p word anymore. You know, and the other day, you know it's I it slipped out of my mouth, and Morgan was like, "We don't say the p word." And you know it's like that's something where it's like speaking those words over yourself is just is is very important and very impactful. So just be careful about. When you say I am blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I'll go, I'll go back to the asking for help situation. I'll take, I'm going to take an example out of my personal life though. Cause in the past I would not do this. This is also on a personal finance related note, right? Is so there's, there's certain stuff that I didn't understand from a finance perspective. One was healthcare, particularly an HSA account, what that meant, what that was, how to use it, what the tax advantages were to it and purchasing a house, right? So we're, we're starting to get into that realm, starting to think about it, which is exciting. Cool. And in the past, I would have tried to take that out on my own, make my own decisions. And instead I reached out to my father-in-law, right? Who I have a, I have a wonderful relationship with. And he's a, he's a wonderful, loving, very smart and intelligent man who's got 30 years plus, you know, plus of experience on me. And I've sat down with him on half a dozen, dozen times going over those two different things, right? And having the ability to ask him those questions is one, just put me in a much better, more confident position to make the financial decisions that I wanted to make, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount of education that I've gotten has just been fantastic, right? But that was also going you know, to my father-in-law, which you know, I want to also make him feel like his baby girl is being taken care of. Right. So, I, but so, you know, I, you know, I, I went there cause I, I knew he knew this stuff. I knew he was very smart in this. And I was just like, Hey, you know, teach me so that I can also make a good decisions like, like you have done right in the gym. It's the same capacity, right? We just talked about that where it's like, go find an expert, go find somebody who's really good at, at that thing you want to get better at and just be humble enough just to ask for help. For sure. Awesome. I love it. Cool. All right. If you guys are watching on YouTube, uh, if you guys give us a like on there, that would be great. And if you guys are listening over on Apple Podcasts, or if you guys could just go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review on there. That's just going to boost the ratings up. It's going to get more reach out here so we can benefit more people who are just looking to be fitter, healthier, happier. All right, guys. You're listening to the Verity Podcast. Happy Friday. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time.